Hey y'all, it's Corey and Charlie from Yes Girl Podcast. And we know that 2020 has been a year of insurmountable emotions. <sighs> a roller coaster of highs and a lot of lows. And with the sudden passing of award-winning actor, director, and producer Chadwick Boseman, 2020 just struck another blow. Chadwick undoubtedly left an irreplaceable mark on our hearts and culture. In the short time that God blessed us with his present, he gifted us with playing some of the most iconic Black men on screen. From Jackie Robinson to James Brown to Thurgood Marshall. But it was the culture-shifting embodiment of an African superhero in Black Panther that not only made him a global superstar, but it will impact generations to come, which we now know was his goal all along. Chadwick was able to embody the persona of so many legends as he left this world a legend in his own right. Yes, Charlie. You know, thinking about these roles he played, it takes me back to the times that I've interviewed him, which have been about four or five. I spoke to him as he was preparing for, for Get On Up, where he was going to play James Brown. And I remember him telling me that, you know, he was hesitant to take the role because it was just after playing Jackie Robinson in 42. He didn't want to, you know, be known as the biopic king, uh, so to speak. And he said that it was his older brother that really pushed him to play James Brown because he was like, listen, if you get these moves right, you will be the greatest actor of all time. I love that. And then fast forward to seeing him on the set of our just phenomenal photo shoot for Black Panther. We shot him at him and the cast at Comic-Con, which you guys know it's huge. And, you know, being this was a Marvel Cinematic Universe film, you know, it was all over Comic-Con. Um, and he had back-to-back shoots that day and, and conversations and Hall, I think it's called Hall H where they make the big presentation. That was when they were going to do, I think they released a trailer or a little bit of the footage from Black Panther. But there he was at the shoot, just giving us some all. I remember him and Forrest Whitaker especially explaining that it was the sheer professionalism of everyone on set that really made the movie what it was. And Forrest Whitaker even said, he said, this is a movie that's going to really speak to your soul. Um, and then lastly, I uh, was with him right before we, sp- we spoke to him, Charlie, you and I, for 21 Bridges. And I moderated a conversation between him and his producing partner, Logan Cole. And, you know, he went to Howard. You know, I went to Hampton. You know, I always got to bring it up. I know you do. <laughs> and I was feeling real bold and spicy. And here it was at on Howard's campus in their huge auditorium. And I was like, yeah, you know, I went to the real HU and Charlie, I mean, I sure, I shared this with you guys before. They but dragged you. They, uh, they dragged, like they, I'm, I'm still hearing the booze. I'm still <laughs> hearing the booze. But what I remember, um, because, you know, seeing Chadwick on screen or, the, you know, a little bit, he always comes off very, you know, like serious and, you know, and, and like who he is, like who he is, he's very, you know, he, he's, he has a very regal presence about him, but he bent over. He was like, yo, they got you. Like he got real, <laughs> like real homeboy in that minute. And I, it's actually now one of the most precious uh, memories I have of him. So I, so it, the dragging was well worth it. What about you, Charlie? What, what did you think when you met him that day? I love that you felt that that school spirit from him because you know we all know when you go to an HBCU that's when you like you never stop feeling that you know and I love that he had that even as like this like mega 
you know, Marvel star at the time. But you know what, Corey, listening to you tell these stories really just makes me wish the world had more time with him and truly had gotten to know him and his generous spirit, you know, just like so many of us did and so many of his fans did, but I wish everyone got that time. And we did talk to him, as you said, when he was promoting 21 Bridges with co-star Stefan James in November, right? November, 2019. And they were doing a day of press, right? To promote the movie. And I feel like that was definitely my first one-on-one experience with Chadwick. And I, I have to admit, I was a, you know, we've talked about this on the show. I was a really big fan of his as an actor for a long time. I just, I've always loved his movies and I love that he's like a method actor and he becomes the different people and you kind of forget. And I've always been a fan. so you know, that plus Black Panther, I was thinking, okay, I'm excited to interview him and to meet him, but this man is about to come in here with a whole, like, A-list ego. Because, you know, we, you know, we work with celebrities, and I have to say, the more famous you become, sometimes, you know, that ego, it comes with things, you know, bodyguards, you know, you have five minutes, right, Corey, if we're being real. And so I was expecting it to be a very Hollywood moment, and for him to be real Hollywood, which he would have deserved to be. And I'll never forget when he and Stefan walked in, I could feel the warmth. And y'all know how I get about my warmth and my love and my energy. He was just so comforting. It's like he was radiating warmth and he was super laid back. And I just got such a sense of like groundedness and emotional maturity just coming off of him from the moment he sat down. And it was, it was unmistakable. And I, it made me feel more relaxed, right, as the interviewer. I'm not sure if you felt that, Corey, but I was kind of like, oh, this is going to be a great conversation. And he really, he didn't rush us. We talked about everything. You know, we got a little nosy. Y'all listened. We, we deep dived like, oh, what was this? What was that? How did you feel? And he really just had a good time with us. And then in the end, when we were doing our classic boomerang moment, he directed it for us. Corey, do you remember? He helped us produce it. He was like, okay, you're going to hold this and pass the mic to me. And it was just a feel good time. And like, I love reading that that's what he was all about because I felt that that day. You're very right, Charlie Penn. But as heavy as our hearts are, we can't imagine what his wife, Taylor Simone Ledward, and his family and close friends must be going through at this time. I know for myself, um, I had this moment that, I believe it was Saturday morning, I was making up my bed. And I just had a thought like, oh my God, he's no longer here. And someone in his family has had to make up the bed knowing he'll never be in it again. And mm-hmm. I thought immediately of his wife. And that, you know, I didn't, you know, you know, we've talked about this, Charlie. Like, I didn't even know him that well. I mean, we've known him very in a very professional setting. And in that moment, I just felt a moment of grief of what they could be possibly, you know, even just a small moment of grief of what they were going through. I thought a lot about his wife as well, Corey, you know, and as, as a huge proponent of marriage and, you know, just healthy, happy relationships, I could not stop thinking about how incredible it must have been as a dope and talented, amazing woman to be standing beside an equally dope and talented, hardworking, generous, I mean, resilient man like Chadwick, right? And to have had that clear that friendship and that partnership and that love, right? And get to the altar and then have, like you said, wake up that on Saturday and he's not going to be there, you know? Um, And I can't even imagine her pain. I instantly prayed for her and for his family. And, you know, we're all praying for strength and comfort and healing for those who know him the most and all those who loved him. Listeners, however you choose to process this, know that it's okay to grieve and feel your feelings. 
We wanted to replay for you our encore interview with Chadwick Boseman and 21 Bridges co-star Stefan James. Personally, listening and watching his past moments has helped me, Corey and I sort of reliving that interview, which was very recent. It was November 2019. I think it made us feel a little closer to him and hopefully it'll do the same for you. Absolutely, Charlie Penn. And, you know, re-listening to that episode, I definitely went back to the, especially the first part of it, because I just wanted to hear his voice. You know, it's one thing, you know, I immediately that night, Saturday night, I rewatched Black Panther, but in listening to this, I wanted to hear Chadwick. As much as I love seeing him on screen as King T'Challa in Black Panther, I really wanted to hear his voice, hear Chadwick speak, and that was something that I will always remember is that moment we had. So up next, our encore interview with Chadwick Bozeman and Stefan James. Chadwick, we miss you. You will forever be our king. So I was telling Charlie, um, I had the pleasure of chatting with Chadwick Monday down at Howard. Um, and I was telling her the amount of booze I got when I mentioned that I went to Hampton. I don't know if you know about oh, this robbery. Been with Hampton all this one. was <laughs> a big rivals. Yeah. We I both have the same color. So. Oh, yeah, she went to Spelman. So um. basically, they 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 a copycat version. <gasps> You know about all this HBCU war? I love, yeah, I love the HBCUs, but I don't really know who's on whose side or what the deal is. Hampton and Howard are rivals. Gotcha. We're like three hours apart. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'll give them some credit. When I was growing up, they had a t-shirt that said Mecca, and they were the See? Mecca. Because mm-hmm. Puffy went there. That's the only thing. It was because of Puffy. Meanwhile, thing. Spellman sits back and we're like, that? extra that, That's the only thing. Puffy? You're going to start with Puffy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, this back when I was coming up, Puffy. the white yeah. parties. Did, he even, did Puffy even graduate? He No. no that's he the whole thing. That's like, the whole he didn't thing. need to. No, but listen, he got... You you only need a little bit of Howard to take over the world. You know See? what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> and I like you. <laughs> Look, I'm over here flipping my hair style, but it's all it's all love. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? We just fun. wondered if you, you were privy to the. Fine. You know yeah. like, <laughs> by the time we in the second year, you like okay. Well, I'm just gonna hold off for a second and let the world get ready for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Puff was. Okay. So before we get into to, to the film, which we're so excited to talk about to you, with both of you today, you're both on the heels of some massively critically acclaimed projects. That mega fame that comes with that, how do you reset after, you know, Bill Street and Black Panther? Like, How do you even, you know, as actors, reset after that and move on to the next project? Because the fans never let go. Well, you go for it. Know. No, go for it. Go for it. Uh, you have to go. I think you just go back to to like the things that are important to you, mm-hmm. like that beyond fame. You have to. So it's like go home and visit your family. Go mm-hmm. and see your mom and your dad, and you know your your, your loved ones, your siblings, and spend time there because they're gonna tell you, you know, who you really are. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They'll, they'll put you in your place, and that and that's. And get away. Go someplace that you've never been. Right. You know, go try to try to go someplace where most people don't know you, mm-hmm. or won't. They won't put it together that that you. That's Until the I, check comes, you like you're done eating, and then somebody figures it out. Pay your cash. You, <laughs> you know. There's <laughs> ways of doing stuff. Go mm-hmm. back to you know. It's always go back to the to the way we used to do stuff. So paying cash, mm-hmm. they won't see your name and. 
<laughs> Don't Google that's you. A that's, right. yeah. that's a good tip. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I'm with that though. I, I definitely, you know, I don't take for granted like personal time with family and like mm-hmm. just getting back home, especially me being from Toronto. Like it's just, you know, it's the perfect escape for me. Um, to be able to just shut out the business for a second, get back home, get with real life friends and not industry friends, because those are two different things. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, I believe that those things help keep you grounded, humbled. Um, and so you don't really have to think about it. Like, I never really thought about this idea of fame, you know what I mean, or being famous or anything like that. It's just like we work. And then when we're not working, we just try and be normal, as normal as possible. Yeah. You don't. I, I don't wake up in the morning and. <sighs> I'm famous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just, I don't do that. Like, I, I forget. I what am forget I going to do I'm today? Until somebody else reminds me that I'm famous. Like, I'll, like, I'll, like, yeah, literally, I'll have moments like, I'm, it's like, it's so shocking that, like, I'll, I will see somebody respond a certain way, and I'm like, you know, because I forgot, you know, and they, they do certain things that, like, you know, when you, when I would say in Brooklyn, if you approach me like that, I would I would have a certain response. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Like, mm-hmm. but it's you forget. You're not mm-hmm. thinking about yeah. it. Absolutely. I think I think because you know we do what people get to see is only what we do for work, right. and it's just like we have a whole like personal life outside of that stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, they only know you from your work. So it's just like, it's this weird thing you have to deal with. Like, oh, I guess you know me from that. But, you know, yeah. it's not who I am. It's just what I do. Yeah. What's so. weird is like when you feel like you can't go to the, you can't like go to the grocery store or something it's like over. that. It's Uber, yeah. Uber Eats all yeah. day. <laughs> that's over for yeah. you. Know, yeah. I know yeah. It. No, but I, you gotta I take like, an extra job I, just I, to do that. I, that's part, <laughs> like, that's one of the things if you're asking the question, like, it's stuff like that where you're, you just want to go to. I just want to go to the grocery store go to the mall. and and decide what I'm going to cook and like or decide what we're going to eat and just and like say, hey, I want to be in the vegetable sections. I want to like peruse the area and just like everybody else <laughs> without having to wear a hoodie, the, squeeze the fruits and yeah, like yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> but then you walk out and it's like pictures of you somewhere just talking about everything that's in your bag, you know. So like oh that's you know. You have to decide. Well, do I want to deal with that? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what it is. You know, that must feel so weird. Like you can't step out without. I mean, just remind me of the bag. times I've seen Beyonce taking pictures of her in Target, and I'm like, Come and I'm on, like, y'all. she just probably just really wanted to go to Target. Mm-hmm. She yeah. just really wanted some to trash bags or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw Twenty One Bridges. I really really loved it. And um, Chadwick, this is kind of cool for you because I know you're a producer and director, but you also produce this. And Stefan, your character was not black, right? It wasn't. He wasn't originally. originally. So he tell us a see, little bit about Twenty One Bridges. The that I initially saw. You never saw yeah, that. No, script. I never saw that. Yeah. Did he save The only Michael I've ever known was. Huh? Do you think you saved him by changing it? Like when you say you see the script, because I know you said you had to rewrite it. Oh, wait. Well, he. It just would have been. It wouldn't have been possible for it to be you, really. Mm-hmm. So, because it was so entrenched in like being from a particular neighborhood in New York, and that mm-hmm. you know, it was it, it had it had its its own culture to it. You know what okay. I'm saying? So, yeah, it was still a good script. Mm-hmm. It was still a good script. You know, it, it just it just needed something to make it work. I think for where we are in society right now, and for me to be the, the detective. So that changed. It was like a. It was like a snowball. Let me, well, let me ask you a question real quick. I know I know y'all are supposed to be asking the questions, mm-hmm. but was it because? I mean, did you feel like 
you wanted to change the role. Um, Talk about yours. To, to, yes, to make so it would be black, or that you would just find the best actor for that role. Well, it was, it was both. It was both because there's certain things that we're able to bring at times that that another person could have worked. Right. You know, so it, it it went hand in hand, and you know, well, as far as as far as like you know us as actors, I have for years been because here's the thing very often what will happen is um let's say me and michael michael b mm-hmm. um people will, will put us against each other because mm-hmm. you know and, and it's it's an ingrained racism that we as black audiences have mm-hmm. yeah. we believe that there can only be like, one yeah. guy yeah. Mm-hmm. right to root for it. To, the one guy that we can that we can oh we want to I want to go see his movies or one guy mm-hmm. one movie star one that's because the industry has shown us that yeah and has not made available a lot of a lot of um, stories for to for the difference mm-hmm. yeah um, whereas with white actors they oh, can co- they can coexist in a space and all shine mm-hmm. and so that was one of the things that Michael and I had talked about and. And a lot of a lot of um, you know actors that I have communed with, worked with, that's a conversation that we have to fight th- what the industry has done to us. Mm-hmm. So we have to change the way we think mm-hmm. about our art. Mm-hmm. We have yeah. to change because that ultimately raises the aesthetic. That raises like the the types of movies we can we can make. And so if we work together, it automatically pushes um the rest of the industry to, to to follow in line the sexiest part about it to me was was just that race is not really a big conversation in the film yeah you're right you know what i mean we don't yeah. have to talk you about get it. to see that mm-hmm. stuff visually and it says it all mm-hmm. just like from what you get to see in that especially in that last standoff um between you know between michael and andre so i really really appreciate it about mm-hmm. it. I feel what y'all are saying so much and sorry you just blew my mind because I'm thinking when Quentin Tarantino does something like that last movie and it was like DiCaprio Pitt duh. yeah like they bill it you ain't never see, you yeah. ain't never seen nothing like this yeah. and I'm like but how many times have we had you're so right you see you see like, it, you see you know it in the mean? realm of comedy <clears throat> yeah mm. you see you see you see comedic guys yes. yeah that yeah. it happens because mm-hmm. it's like oh that person's funny that person's funny that person's yeah. funny and I, and I and that's a great thing that we do that but it's a product of, you know, the the stereotypes yeah. mm-hmm. of, as well. It was it's always been okay to put money behind that. Yeah. You know, because it was okay for us to be funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's okay. Oh, it's okay yeah. for tap dance. Right. But in this particular instance instance, it's like, well, what about all of our serious actors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, why can't that happen? Mm-hmm. Why can't why can't we you know, create things where we start to do things, and it's like, well, this person's asking I mean, this person does mm-hmm. has this, you know, whatever. Like that should yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to know too, Stefan. What was it like working with Chadwick as the producer? Mm-hmm. Oh man, uh, I loved it, man. You know, this this show was so crazy. This film was so crazy to make because it all takes place in one night. Yeah. Um, meaning, you know, we start work at like 4 p.m. and then we leave the next day at like 8 a.m., which is just <laughs> crazy. It's, it's so backwards. You're like, what's what's happening? <laughs> um, 
But I will say this, like even on the days when Chad wasn't working as an actor, like he was, he showed up and he was present as a producer and was just mm-hmm. like, man, I'm here if you guys need me. I think that says so much. It's just, it's not even like being vocal and you don't have to do too much, but just to know like he's there still, like he's working on the movie, he's there still. If you need him, he's right there to talk to about anything. So to me, I really appreciated him as a producer just being gracious and available. And what Chad made you step into the producing role for this project? Uh, it, it was it was necessary. I think it was necessary. It was like I knew I was going to be doing that type of work, mm-hmm. um, and I also knew that I had Logan, Logan, my my producing partner, at exception, that he would be present to like if you know I can't stay on set all day because that now I'm hurting my the day the next day when I have to work, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I knew he could be there all the time mm-hmm. and give me feedback on anything that's happening. So I could be present even if I'm not present. And so if there's a problem or something that needs to be worked out, and some a lot of times I don't need to say something, but sometimes, you know, I do need to say something in order for it to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I can know that. So I, I was like, it's gonna be necessary to pull what we need out of this and make it make it special. Cause it could just be like a regular old action movie. Yeah. And I think we found something that it, it keeps it keeps you engaged and it also it it makes you feel and think about things when you didn't expect to do that. Which so we're not preaching to you. Yeah. yeah. You know, that that was our intent with this. It's like how do you do it without preaching to people? Cause I, I walked away like it had heart. Like I went in there thinking that like you said, it was gonna be action, shoot them up. Especially when it, set, it sets up your character um, as a cop. But then again, going back to that subway scene, I was like, oh wow, this took a, a turn. And you know, I found myself rooting. I'll, I'll stop. Look, yeah. Go see the movie. <laughs> but if you've seen it, I, I found myself really rooting for you. And I was like, oh. yeah. You know, but then I knew you, your character had to pull it all together. So and you, you were like, did you, do we want the best actor or do we want, you know? Yeah, I, essentially I was like, you gotta have somebody on, it's a chase, it's a parallel. Mm-hmm. As you gotta have somebody that that is, you know, can carry the movie. What exactly made you want Stefan for this part? He's a leading man. Yeah. You gotta be at least gotta you gotta be able to do that, you mm-hmm. know, in order for you to pull for that side. Now, yeah. speaking of leading men, you are the biopic king. You've done an incredible one with race. Like talk about becoming someone else and bringing some of yourself as an actor to that, but also making sure that you honor the person you are portraying mm-hmm. on screen because you've both done that incredibly well. You want to take it? And I know it's not easy. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Um, Bringing your own swag as an actor, yeah, but also yeah, yeah. honoring that. Um, man, yeah, I think it's it's a it's just a beast. You know, I went straight from like playing John Lewis in Selma, mm-hmm. um, you know, to like two weeks after I, I wrapped Selma, I was prepping to do race. Like mm-hmm. I was prepping to play Jesse Owens in, in race. And I mean, talk about like history lessons, right. like legitimately, Heavy. like like digging into the 1930s, um, um, actually going to Berlin, Germany, shooting that in the same stadium mm-hmm. that, that that Jesse ran in. I just think there's a whole nother beast that comes with portraying it's a crazy. real life human being, a, a person who had a family and a legacy. Um, you know, for me, uh, Jesse Owens obviously wasn't alive, but his his family's still very much there. You got mm-hmm. the world who 
who knows you got track enthusiasts who will tell me he didn't run like that um you know yeah. things like that so yeah. you got to be really really accurate at the same time um and then there's only so much footage of like these guys so you got to like piece yeah. together a, a person that you're only seeing bits and pieces of mm -hmm. and you're, you're trying to fill it fill in like a gray area um with john with john lewis and selma i knew like john was gonna have to see me play him like yeah. that's like a scary thing like yes. the congressman the great john lewis and and you just want to do him justice do his family justice do all of his supporters justice and his legacy justice and and so i just think it's a different beast than like playing a character like michael where i could finesse and add my own little own little stuff to him thank you Chadwick. Oh, you want me to answer it too? I do. I mean, <laughs> like, I, I was like, I told Charlie, it was kind of cool to hear your voice again because you've been, you know, because so you play so many different people, people, but it's like, oh, that's what he sounds right. like. Right. Yeah, I was like, I mean, oh you my legit done four? Was it four? You know what I mean? Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get back to. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all the things that he said. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I, you know, I agree with, or, you know, I, I have had a similar experience. Um, you know, it's, I think when you, you play a real person, especially a person that people know, they're famous also, uh, there's, there's a certain amount of like honor and joy. It's a different type of joy that I get from, from doing it, a different type of like responsibility that I get from doing it. So like the research becomes, you know, just, it becomes scholarly. For mm -hmm. for me, it becomes mm -hmm. like, okay, I have to read these books, I have to talk to these people, I have to I have to go through this, yeah. and so that I have the ability to bring a certain amount of just intelligence to the script and the story, and 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 also you know a backstory mm -hmm. because of, I think the pitfall is that you only show things that are good you know you only show you know the the cover that people already know like the face that people already know like I, I always felt like a need to like dig in and try to find even if it even if it's not stated the vulnerabilities and the insecurities injuries like mm -hmm. like for instance with like for 42 I knew you know he would never slide on his right side Oh, wow. um, it's the little stuff like that. He yeah. would, yeah, he would never. He would. Thinking there's it. no footage of him doing it, and it's not ever said. But he had an injury on that side oh. that uh, from from early on, and so when I looked at, it, I was like, I can tell, I can see the, it, I can see it in his run, and I can also see that you know he would have to, he has to slide on this side. So at any point where the director or the the stunt. You know, coordinator was like, "No, you should slide this way because you because it's they're throwing it from home." I said he never did it. You're like like nope. I, I have all Sorry. the footage. I was like, he, he, never, receipt, he, never, he, he yeah. never did it. I can show you. We can go to yeah. my try and look at it if you want to. He never did it. It's like those types of things mm -hmm. that I feel like are are important. Mm -hmm. You know, um, in other cases, you're like, there's certain things that maybe are not important. Like for Thurgood Marshall, like I'm not as light as him. You know. And so I know that there are a lot of people that are like, well, mm -hmm. he shouldn't play this. And and I was like, you know what? I agree with those people. I shouldn't play I should I shouldn't play this because but then the family mm -hmm. was like, nope. Yeah. 
we you can name all the other actors that you think should play this because yeah. I had a list. I was like, what about you know? <laughs> um, and they were like, nope. Wrote me a letter, talked to me. It was like, you know, this is what I want. And I was like, well, now I feel the responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. The spirit of it's him. the spirit of it, yeah, and that yeah. and that supersedes mm-hmm. what people's physical, yep. you know, hangups are, including yeah. my own. Mm-hmm. So how do I find the essence of this person mm-hmm. as opposed to the physicality of this person? Mm-hmm. And that actually might teach us something, yeah. you know, about being able to see this person in a certain light. So it's it's those things that, you know, it's hard because each one of them are different, you know, mm-hmm. each one is different, you know, but but they all presented that, like, I, I wake up knowing I'm doing something for a bigger reason. So back at Howard, I love that when that young girl asked you the question about how could she get her funding, like remember she said something about when she had to look outside, but you gave such a good analogy about Ryan Coogler making a movie, Fruitville Station, that he knew it was his story, it was low budget, and that got the attention of a big studio. Because basically we want to both ask you as young creatives, what do you say to people who kind of come out the gate and wanting like a big budget like Bill Street? bigger budget with bills i mean black panther like to be seen like how do you encourage them like work small and it'll come later well or is that it does it doesn't yeah it it, the thing about it is what you said is the answer work small (laughs) work small and the money and the money will come Mm -hmm. Uh, work work with what you have um at your disposal yeah like this is funny um video that the dude did he was like remaking was it uh Nicki Minaj or or Beyonce but he 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 did her whole like like show mm-hmm. and it was an award show I can't remember the exact way mm-hmm. he did her whole show but he used all of the stuff in his house to like play <laughs> he was like using a pillow as a character and it worked I was like and it was it was creative it was okay. like okay. have you seen that no, yeah but it was it was creative and so it's like that's actually the spirit of what makes um what makes you uh, uh ready for mm-hmm. the moment mm-hmm. that's the point mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. you want to be ready for the moment right so whatever you do in your house when everybody's not seeing it like is what when you step on camera or you step on the set as a director and producer that's what is gonna prove to like make you available and ready for that moment is that you know you can do it when people are like what we can't figure this out you've been at home playing around with stuff and you've already done this mm-hmm. scene you've mm-hmm. already done this you've already lit this scene if you if you're a cinematographer you already lit it because yeah. you you've been playing around in your house you've been in rooms <laughs> like this before yeah you you want to do it like that mm-hmm. and so you want to do stuff small so you can experiment yeah yeah like I'm, I'm really experimenting for this bigger moment mm-hmm. this thing that i'm doing right now it might get a claim, but it ain't even the real one. Yeah, you mm-hmm. see what uh, I got. Mm-hmm. Like that's that energy. That's, that's that energy is what what makes you unstoppable. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, that reminds me of something that Barry Jenkins told me. Actually, you know, he he said that he made Moonlight uh, so he could make Bill Street. He wanted to make Bill Street, uh, but he understood yeah. that you know Moonlight was going to be a, a million dollar budget, a million five, and this is something that he could pull off in three weeks mm-hmm. and just get it done and get out into the world and just be very conscious and careful with the way he delivered it to people um, and then get a chance to get 
12, 15 million dollars mm-hmm. to make Beale Street. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's just that. It's like everything's a, a building, a stepping stone. I think you just got to focus on the work of it all and all the other stuff will come. Yeah. yeah. It's like I see people passing around and nothing against this. No, you, you got to do, you got to hustle. If you give me a business card, right, that business card doesn't mean nearly as much because now I got I gotta call you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I gotta. True. I have to. I have to have True. a need. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Looking for this particular thing. But if you have a movie, mm-hmm. if you put a movie in my hand, if you put a video in my hand, you know, I I, I can. It's all I gotta do is properly and look at it and judge. Yeah. yeah. And that's that that I, now I'm trying to find you as opposed to like you know having a need. Yeah. So it's do something mm-hmm. that's what it boils down to is do what you can where you are and, and with what you have with, with what you have yeah. make mm-hmm. it happen yeah, yep. yeah mm-hmm. just make it happen mm-hmm. 21 bridges y'all yeah go thank see you. it thank you guys for your time thank, thank you, you. Thank thank you. Today. appreciate thank it you. special thanks to our guests Chadwick Bozeman and Stefan James be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of Yes Girl, such as our conversations with Raphael Sadiq, Kelly Rowland, Regina King, and Fantasia. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, and Google Play. And while you're there, be sure to rate us and review us. See you next week. Bye.